Hi everyone, I'm Allie Stone and this is Discovering Hospitality. Now for most of my life, I've worked in the hospitality industry and even more specifically in restaurants. And in the past 15 years of my life, I've been a partner with the Original Joe's Franchise Group here in good old Edmonton, Alberta. And this has been such an incredible experience for me. Honestly, it's been a lifetime worth of learning and living that could have never been taught by any educational institution. And truthfully, it's provided me with the opportunities that I continue to deepen in my career as, as a leader and a coach and an entrepreneur. So if you're listening in and you're in the industry, you know that we have an incredible culture of people, stories, and experiences that don't often get shared with the world. And it's my hope that through this podcast, we can peel back some of the veil of our industry. We can peel back some of the layers of that onion, so to speak, so that the people we love that aren't necessarily a part of this industry can start to learn and see why we all love it so much. Now, this industry is all about people. It's about connection and it's about love. And if you don't love the word love, that's totally okay. Maybe interject the word care, but it truly is about connecting. Now, we have a saying in our organization, and it's that People make the world beautiful. And I've been so lucky to be a part of that for so many years. And now I have this incredible opportunity to share some of the amazing stories of our industry with the world, with all of you, our listeners. It's my hope that these stories will warm your heart. Uh, they might make you laugh. And they might even be stories that make you cringe or think a little or change the way you see things. It's my mission to help all of you see how incredible hospitality people are and how committed they are to taking care of each other and other people. So without any further delay, let's dive into this week's podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of Discovering Hospitality. Uh, this is Allie Stone and I'm really excited to be here with you. Uh, 2021 is going to be an exciting year for this podcast. We have lots of great guests coming. I'm really excited for all of the conversations that are coming our way. Now, the conversation I want to have today is with my wonderful husband. So he's back for round three. Hi, Chris. Hi. Thanks for having me three times. <laughs> You're welcome. So for those of you who might not know, Chris Stone is my husband and uh, we used to run these companies together with Original Joe's. Uh, he doesn't currently work uh, right now. He's off um, on medical, but he has so much insight. <laughs> so I have to keep bringing him back and we need to have conversations. So here's how this podcast started. We were having a conversation the other night uh, at dinner around work-life integration. So I've been balancing a lot. <laughs> between a new company and these companies, the restaurants. And, you know, I found myself apologizing to you that I was working late <laughs> a couple times and, you know, not really kind of getting that time to sit down later into the night. And you said, it's 
it's just all integration. We just need to figure it out. And I started laughing because I know that we always talked about that, but I didn't, um, I wasn't thinking that way. Like I was feeling bad. So I thought we could talk a little bit about your thoughts on work-life integration versus the term maybe work-life balance that a lot of people would use. And uh, what were your thoughts around that as a leader? Well, I've heard the term work-life balance a lot. And uh, I felt like that was just trying to make things very black and white, where you go to work and you work for a certain amount of hours and then you try to punch out and um, go off and enjoy life. But for us, uh, uh, while I was working and um, for you when you're working, it's, it's very much something that you're very passionate about. And when we look back over the years, I mean, our wedding was full of, um, you know, 80% of the attendees were people that we worked with. They were our family. They are our family. And it's just impossible to, um, you're fighting a losing battle when you try to draw a line in the sand between where work ends and where life begins. Because at the end of the day, it's all just one thing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we get into trouble when we try to compartmentalize. Am I saying that right? Like when we want to like silo things in our life, it becomes hard because then I know for me when I've tried to like put one thing in one bucket and one thing in another bucket and keep them completely separate, first of all, it doesn't happen because they're usually filled with liquid and liquid (laughs) spills over into the other bucket. But when it does spill over, then I get pissed off. Yeah. Because I expect it not to spill over, but it's going to. Yeah. Right? It's it's impossible. I, I mean, we really can only speak for the restaurant industry, which is a hard one, but I imagine any industry, you're going to get phone calls when you don't expect them and when you don't uh, want them. And if you try to fight it and block it out, it's, like I said, it just ends up in never-ending frustration. So... Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said for the mindset, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're really lucky because we're passionate, like we're super passionate people. And so my heart goes out to people who are in careers that hate what they're doing. Like that's, that's a tough gig, right? And then you get that call that doesn't feel like work-life integration. And so, you know, I, what I might say to people like that is like, you might want to question what you're doing or try to find a why or a purpose in what you're doing to make that more meaningful and impactful for you. And when you do that, it all just aligns, right? One of the things you said to me was, I I said, no, this is what I said to you at dinner. I said, well, how did we do that? Like, how did we create this integration? And you said, we just did it in really practical ways. Well, we, yeah, we did very simple things in that we started to realize, I mean, the depth of the connection that happens in the workplace. And we took it outside the workplace. We we noticed when people had major events in their lives, uh, we showed up to them. There was, um, as part of our foreign worker program, when someone would get their citizenship, we would try to be there for the ceremony. Uh, when uh, people got married or when people um, um, graduated university, whatever it was, we would acknowledge it. We'd recognize 
that these things that were happening outside of work that were very important to these people, um, it was very important to recognize that because they were our family mm -hmm. and we were proud of the things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget um, uh, Arturo's citizenship. Like, I know. It was amazing to, to see that because I couldn't imagine how hard a path like that would be and to just be a part of it and to recognize it. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I mean, I, I hope he was happy to have us there, but for <laughs> me, it was amazing to be a part of it for sure. I, I can't remember if we talked about that on the podcast or not, but I've told that story in a presentation with Dave. And I don't know if you remember, but the feeling in the room was incredible. Like, I remember turning to you and being like, I'm so emotional right now. Like, you could just feel what all of these people had gone through. Everything was like an accumulation to a day to be like, this is the end of a really long journey and the start of a, a new one. That's really exciting. It was really beautiful. Yeah, it was for sure. Yeah. So one of the other ways we talked about that, uh, like we created this kind of integration was that we got it off the bar. So you're like, yep. Yeah. So I want to be clear. We're restaurant people. We loved sitting at the bar mm -hmm. and having drinks after work and hanging out with our friends. And like, we, like it was super fun. But there came a point when that was the only part of the relationship or there was like no depth to those friendships and we started to identify that and I think you identified it first but do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely we um there's a th the thing in the restaurant industry and it is a high high stress environment and like I said that creates some close connection and afterwards it's easy for the first thing to do to sit down and uh down a couple um <laughs> A couple drinks at the Takes end of the, the bar. Edge off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> After a hard shift, and I just thought there was a better way of doing things. We had these close connections, and you know, we thought we could do it in other ways. So we started um, healthy activities where people could come together and hang out. So run clubs and um, just playing sports and getting out and doing things together, and. Uh, just exploring different skills and different things we could do outside the restaurant as a group. Mm -hmm. Even one-time events, yeah. and they would still be like some drinking involved. Yeah. But I think back to the frozen frenzy. Like that was your baby. How? What was that like? Twenty? I don't know. I want to say two thousand and five. I want to say twenty fifteen, yeah. but it was like two thousand and five. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> and you had this brainchild. <laughs> Oh, to do a street God. hockey tournament outside the restaurant, the original Joe's in Terwilliger. And I'll never forget you refing. <laughs> You're standing on the side, completely losing your mind on all these guys, especially one of your friends. Yeah. <laughs> but, but man, like people came out, they worked out that day, they had lots of fun, they hung out, they got to see people they hadn't seen in a long time. They spent an entire day outside. It was so cool. And even though it was only like a one day thing, it was amazing. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun. And that, I mean, <clears throat> that model didn't particularly work because uh, maybe my refing, I, was, I, I wasn't a uh, objective referee like Ali mentioned, <laughs> but um, at, at the same time, we it took a lot of organization and we it um, was the seed for many more events that came afterwards. Mm -hmm that we planned. Um, what came after that? 
Oh, God. I mean, Run for the Lung was before that, but mm-hmm. um, we certainly... Uh, Hunt for the Hound, I think we we started afterwards. So this was just a scavenger hunt that we did. Citywide, though. Citywide, though, yeah, which was amazing. Uh, and I remember I made people eat dog treats. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> they still loved me. Yeah. I don't know how I got away with that I stuff. I don't know how you did either. <laughs> it was amazing. But that was super cool. And people were super... Um, yeah, they were just super into it, right? And it was just an opportunity to get off the bar. Yeah. And I think of like restaurant people who are listening right now, and I know you can't sit at a bar because of COVID and our restaurants aren't open, I get it. And we don't really have that opportunity to hang out. But when that comes back, I would encourage you to think about, you know, what's, where's the depth in the relationship, right? Like what, what do you do with your friends other than sit at the bar and have a beer? Because there's so many, you probably have so many interests. You're in the same industry. You love people, right? But you don't really, like it's really easy to get stuck in that pattern yeah. of sitting there all the time, you know? Especially because like I mentioned before, you want to hang out. It's an industry where you depend on each other so deeply to, yeah. to come through. Um, you know, when one thing goes wrong in a restaurant somewhere, everyone feels it. So <laughs> The energy is totally, yeah. totally off. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one that we talked about too, which I thought was kind of cool because this was not... It's well-being, but it's not like this physical, you know, getting out and doing things. But it was um, the gratitude experiment. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was very, very cool. And just, um, again, to shift our focus like that a little bit and um, and focus on, on the things that we're grateful for. It brought so much more happiness into the restaurant. And... It was crazy. People started to acknowledge the relationships that they had there too. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember the night we found um, the Soul Pancake Gratitude Experiment video. I'll link it in this podcast if anybody's interested. But anyhow, it's it's old, but it's super cute. And then we went back into the leadership meeting and said, "We're going to do this gratitude experiment with the leaders." And I remember I was so nervous. You were like, "Ali, you." I'll set you up and then you (laughs) make them do the exercise. And I was so, I was like, oh, they're going to think I'm crazy. And I didn't really practice gratitude at that time. It wasn't like a big thing for me. And so this was like the start of a journey for me too. And I remember, (laughs) I remember it was, the exercise was to write a letter to, you know, we kind of did a little bit of a visualization of somebody you were grateful for. And then they just picked up their pen and wrote a letter to that person and then before they left I made them promise they were gonna go give it to that person if they were alive and if they weren't to visit their gravesite or whatever however they could share that with them and um you know everybody was kind of quiet that day when, when they left and I was like oh man <laughs> pushed it too far you know like they're not really they're not really into my garbage today but um it was like a couple of days later and one of our general managers came back to me and told me she had shared the letter with the person that she wrote it to and said she cried all day (laughs) and I was like oh I like I'm so sorry she's like no it was so good I had never told that person what they meant to me and I think um that was really cool too and that was our first kind of not our first but it was a big uh step forward in connecting our hearts with who we were too yeah amazing and it was um, for anyone who has 
um, done this or if you haven't done it before, there is a certain level of vulnerability anyone feels when they're expressing that level of gratitude for somebody. And um, it's amazing how good it feels <clears throat> once you do it and mm. people actually um, recognize it, how good it makes the person feel when you recognize what they me- meant to you in in your life. Yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because like, we're married. Yeah. We know we love each other. Maybe we could say it more for sure. Obviously, everybody could. But like, we know we care about each other. But you take somebody like this GM and she writes a letter to somebody she maybe hasn't talked to in six months or a year yeah. and shows up and says, hey, I just wanted to let you know how grateful I am for you and the experience I had. That is so meaningful. Yeah. So meaningful. Yeah. And so the gratitude... Um, the gratitude journey has gone on and on and on in our organization for sure. And um, last week I opened the front door and there was a little box out front (laughs) with my name on it. And uh, one of our general managers, Ashley, she turned 30 at the beginning of January and she decided instead of getting gifts, she wanted to give them. And so she made 30 boxes for the 30 women who had inspired her most in her life. And Inside, there was a picture of her and I, and then there was uh, a beautiful little mug, and then there was, oh, a gratitude journal. <laughs> and I just opened up and said, Allie, what are you grateful for today? And just kind of like start writing. And then this beautiful letter about what our relationship had meant to her. And like, I'll never forget that, you know? Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing thing to do for you, for sure. And um such a key time too, right? Like all this work that everybody's doing and um, um, in COVID where we don't get to see each other as much. Uh, that was just a very cool way to feel connection from Ashley too, for her to recognize you in that yeah. manner for sure. But crazy. So I, okay. So I don't remember cause I'm really bad with dates, but I think the day that we did that gratitude experiment in our leadership team meeting was I'm going to say around 2010 (laughs) and it's 2021 and that stuff is still, yeah, you know? Oh yeah. That's wild. It's uh, amazing when you put it that way to see how foundational it's been to the culture that we've built. So let's swing it back to this integration again one more time. If you had, I don't know, some advice or um, some thoughts or some Chris Stone wisdom for somebody who's struggling with integration, what would you suggest? Are there strategies you think people can try that would help them navigate that better? Because I mean, we all bounce in and out, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. reality. What do you think people can do to try to integrate their lives a little better? Um, I would say small things are big things is basically what I would say. So finding out a few things about a person if what their what their children's names are or if they're married or what their interests are just a couple little um, tidbits of personal information that you can talk to them about that isn't work related and specific to them Uh, to me the ability to make someone feel special is just by taking interest in them Mm. and just by asking a few questions about them and that 
isn't really that difficult to do. It's rocket. It's not rocket science. And to me, it used to fill me up. I used to love to know these things about people. And I used to take interest. I used to find things that they were interested in and all of a sudden become interested in them myself sometimes yeah. too. So yeah, it's creating the integration on both sides. Yeah. Right. So the person you're developing that relationship with is like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm just not, I'm not just a number here yeah. and nobody's a number in our organization. Like we work very hard to make sure people don't ever feel that way. And if we do, if they do, we profusely apro- apologize. Right. Um, but I think that's really interesting what you're saying too, because that is a full circle kind of reciprocal action to take. It fills you up, it fills the other person up and it creates this like experience. That's not just this boundary of work. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It would move people forward and just creates that family feeling. So yeah, totally. Well, that's awesome. I, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> All right. So integration, think about it when you get back to work. I think we're obviously in a pretty crazy time right now with COVID and it's just kind of not, not what we want for life. I mean, I've been working at home for getting close to a year now and it's pretty intense. Um, but when we can get back to it, What's the integration? Where do we find that work-life integration? How do we allow the buckets to spill into one another that feel good and purposeful and uh, meaningful and like we're doing something with our life? Because I think probably our, our greatest fear is that we'll get to the end of this life and feel like we didn't do something with it. And I wouldn't want that for anybody. No, absolutely not. So those are our words of wisdom from the stones Mm -hmm. today. (laughs) Uh, I hope you all have a wonderful week and uh, Chris will be back again soon. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's a great topic. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Another week of discovering hospitality and one more amazing guest on to share their beautiful stories. Thank you so much to all of you, our listeners, for your continued support. The success of this podcast is totally because of all of you, and to that I owe my deepest gratitude. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. And as always, don't forget to rate, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast. I love hearing your feedback. And remember... The world is always made more beautiful by people like you. Don't ever forget it. Until next week, take care, everyone, and we'll see you then.